Hello and welcome to the Spinners Podcast. My name is Riley and each week we listen to three random 45 RPM vinyls my best friend Nils bought off of eBay. How are you doing, Nils? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, the, the sky is starting to look like it's on fire again and I didn't miss that part of summer so that, that kind of sucks but other than that I'm good. That's a little intimidating and it's a little bit scary that it's becoming a yearly thing now, almost to the day. I was thinking today about how I can remember for the past five years where I was when the sky looked like this. Yeah. And I think it's getting worse. So maybe they're onto something with that global warming talk. You know, I've heard about that. I think it might be like a real thing. Someone should probably check that out. Up and coming indie band, global warming. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to pitch you something. I'm ready to give you the most brutal feedback possible. So I've been spending a lot of time at our uh, old local arcade in our downtown. And they have this pinball machine that happens to be themed after the classic rock band, The Rolling Stones. So I was playing it and I was thinking about ways to make it better. And I was wondering, what if there was a role-playing, time travel, back to the future, Rolling Stones pinball machine, where there's a narrative. You play as Charlie Watts, drummer of the Rolling Stones. And when you hit the little pinball buttons, it's like you're drumming the drum. And if you do well at pinball, you like progress through the Rolling Stones career. But if you do bad at pinball, you like start messing up the timeline and they like don't release some albums or the albums do worse than they do in real life <laughs> or band members quit. And it like, it, you can alter the history of the Rolling Stones while you're playing pinball. That's a really cool idea. I love the idea. It's very abstract and I'm not sure how pinball would work with it. I mean, I like I like combining pinball and drumming because that's cool. <laughs> it's like the most similar thing you can possibly have. But to me, like pinball has always been a very luck-based game. And maybe that's like a cool metaphor for the music industry where at its core a lot of it is like you have to get lucky. That's what I was going to say. I think the path to rock and roll yeah. stardom is a luck-based game as well. It's a luck-based game and at any point it could totally fall apart. But yeah, I like the idea of like it's like the Back to the Future scene where his parents start disappearing from the picture. It's like you have a photo of all of the Rolling Stone albums, and if you don't do a good enough job, they start to go away one at a time. You can <laughs> feel the stakes of altering rock history. I like that. And then do you also see everything that the Rolling Stones has ever inspired? And then the music at the arcade starts turning into something from an alternate universe and then everything ultimately decays and destroys. And then, yeah, exactly. And then you realize that all of our life is influenced by the Rolling Stones and you can't even be there playing the game without them. That's a good twist that I did not think about. I did want to talk about this other thing. There's a weird, ambient, eerie soundtrack that's constantly playing in the Safeway parking lot. Have you noticed that? I don't think I have, is there? I don't know if this is a, a specific to our Safeway or if this is a universal thing with Safeways worldwide, but there's like a weird uh, style of pop music that like echoes uh, uh, in the like parking garage that is pretty intimidating because like I kind of recognize the songs, but never enough to actually know what, where they are or what they're coming from. And that's been a little, it's been haunting me recently. Is it just like pop stars of futures past? or whatever that are that are haunting Safeways because that's what they've been doomed to. That's that's really, that's right. If, if you if you do really bad on the Rolling Stones game, then like the second to worst punishment they can face is being in an abandoned Safeway parking lot <laughs> and nothing else. It's so strange cuz it's like the closest I've come to Vaporwave in the wild. You know, like Vaporwave, mm -hmm. I guess for anyone who doesn't know, it's just like a distorted remix of some some old songs and it's like meant to terrify the listener and at least in my opinion or at least make them feel uncomfortable but it's only i've only experienced it under really controlled circumstances where i get to choose when i listen to it but the other day right. i literally heard this weird distorted pop music <laughs> playing in the wild like in real life it was just in the air and that's a really ominous sensation i i guess i wish i didn't experience do you really wish you didn't have it I don't know what it means. Is it like an omen or something? Is it like the end of my life because I heard this stuff? Another thing about things in the wild that aren't controlled by you is that they often don't mean anything. Wow, that's a you good know, point. like 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 they they just don't mean anything. So maybe it's just part of the chaos and part of the coincidence that you have to grapple with. And you know, you can still make it mean something. 
like you know all we do on this podcast is listen to music and we make it mean something and at some point that has inherent meaning because it is art that is controlled and created for like listening pleasure i was gonna say our listening pleasure but we're not the audience for a lot of these so but they're they are they are created and it's very intentional but then we're still making meaning from it just based off of our observation and how we interpret it that was such a good segue like i was gonna add more to this (laughs) conversation but i think you did the the ultimate deed of bringing us to the listening to music part so we don't the ultimate deed yeah, that's like the hardest part. Did you also like how I like, you know, I introduced the concept of the podcast and like exactly what we're going to do so that the listeners know what to expect? That was so good. That was expert. It's almost like you've been wow. doing this for hundreds of episodes. <laughs> this episode, actually next episode, we'll reach our 350 song mark. That's not that's something really to nice. include in the episode. That's just for that's just our own milestone. Us being proud of ourselves for doing a good yeah. job. And we're finally going to be played on radio. What? At 1 a.m., if we're lucky. (laughs) Couldn't imagine anything better. All right, back to the podcast. Do you want to add anything, or should we get going? I think you summed it up perfectly, and I can't wait to listen to some rock and roll with my friend Nils. All right, my friend Riley, let's listen to some rock and roll. Uh, The first song we have here is Your Cheatin' Heart by Frankie Lane. Now, again, these are random songs. We have not heard them before, so... We will give our first and only impression that matters. Your cheating heart will make you weep. You cry and cry and try to sleep. But sleep won't come the whole night through. Your cheating heart will tell on you. When tears come down like falling rain, you'll toss around and call my name. the floor the way I do your cheating heart will tell on you your cheating heart will pine someday and praise the Lord you threw away the time will come when you'll be blue your cheating heart will tell on you when cares come down like falling rain you'll toss around The floor, the way I do, your cheating heart will tell on you. I feel like every song from that era has to end with like a female choir backing vocal, just repeating whatever they said. Have you noticed yeah, that? Yeah, there's, like there's every... always that. Yeah, the, the repetition. But I do think that it gave this song an interesting effect. Where, like, okay, this song talking about someone's cheated on the main person, right? And he's salty about it and is, like, trying to make himself feel better about it by saying that that person's going to feel awful someday. Doesn't really seem like they're feeling awful yet, but he, he really wants that to happen. And the way that he says things that are like like really intense and like imagine actually saying this to a person when your tears come down like 
falling rain will toss around and call my name. Like, you know, just things that are like, you're going to be so, so, so sad. And he's saying this to her. And then there's a bunch of people behind him like, ooh, <laughs> like, like just backing him up, just adding to that mockery. And it just like that makes everything so much worse. Just having, you know, it's not a conversation between him and that person. It's him feeling like he's backed up by these like the choir is like a little bit lifeless in some ways because it's just like a, a mindless repetition of what he's saying. But it, it definitely adds to that eeriness there. Yeah, exactly. The important part is he's talking to himself. Like, at first that bothered me because he's saying all of these big statements and it's like he's trying to convince himself more than anyone else. But then I started thinking about it, like he's like putting a curse on her or something. Like it's biblical in some way. And that's like heavy. I think it cuts to the core of someone who feels like so deeply betrayed. It's like just the worst, most negative feelings of despair and anger. And this song is like him conjuring it together in this weird, scary curse that might amount to nothing. But all it really does is show what terrible state he's in. That's really interesting. I, I like thinking about it as a curse. Because if you say this to someone, if you say anything, you know, we've seen it in media before. I've seen it like in real life. I think I've done it myself. Where if you like say to someone, you're not taking this seriously right now, but you will look back on this and take it seriously. I, I did a program over the summer where I, I taught fourth and fifth graders and you know, they would like get into like some trouble and like they would do things that they recognized were wrong, but they wouldn't want to listen to me. So when I would talk to them, I would recognize, I would say, look, I know that right now in your mind, you're just ignoring every little thing that I'm saying and you're trying to act like I'm like so lame and you're just trying to pretend like you don't care about any of this. But I know that deep down you know that it's true. I, I know that it's there. And it, it, it will actually be helpful to you to realize that and then you can become a better person. So that's not me trying to like put a curse on them or anything. <laughs> but it's, I, I think that it's planting that seed in their mind of like, I will actually feel this, that might make them end up feeling that anyway, because our emotions are pretty manipulatable. <laughs> manipulable. That sounds right. Now, now some, I don't know. I'm really counting on the fact that that's true. Like there's a lot of circumstances in my life where I believe I've been wrong or something like that, or at least maybe I, I wasn't on the same level as someone else. And mm -hmm. I'm just really hoping that like, yeah, one day they'll look back and see my contribution to whatever we were working on but there's a there's that's happened so many times that after a certain point i feel like i'm the goofy one forever expecting them to realize realize what i contributed or realize that they messed up in some way and i'm just sitting here hoping that they're going to do something that they're never going to do and they've already moved on to some whole different part of their life well i think the thing about moving on there is like if you're this guy here who like wants the cheating person to like feel awful the healthiest thing he can do is move on and he can say all of this and he can say this is what you're going to feel but then after that he has to let it go after feeling angry he has to try to move on with his life and it's really unhealthy if he can't do that and it would be unhealthy for us to just constantly focus on and like try to think and assume that other people who have affected us in bad ways are going to eventually realize what happened you know they may and they may not but if if they if that's not a relationship that's worth keeping for you if it's something like this cheating where that's the end of the relationship you know you're you're moving past that and you're moving your own life forward then you just have to hope like for their sake that they realize what they did was wrong but it's it's not your problem at that point anymore and that person is going to do whatever they're going to do and if you can like get past it and you know have your reaction validate your own emotions but then just go forth that's the healthiest and best thing you can do for yourself yeah you can't let anything consume you which is much easier said than done and yeah. i've been victim to that before because even if they do have this awakening that this guy's talking about where they cry and cry it's usually not going to be as intense as it is depicted in this song and you can't wait for that to happen before you can resume your life. 
you have to resume your life and then maybe eventually they'll have some understanding about how they mistreated you or whatever but it's not that is not something to pin all your hopes on i think that's the conclusion we've come to as long as you yeah. keep moving it's okay to have these weird curses in your head and does that actually make people feel better some people will like say like yeah it'll make me feel better if my ex who cheated on me like cries and cries but like i don't know if first of all if this person cries and cries you're not gonna know about it unless they like call you and say like i'm so sad and i'm crying and crying uh-huh. and if you're you've done the healthy thing and you've moved on it's not gonna make you feel better because you shouldn't have an emotional stake in that person anymore Right? Yeah, it's not, you should not be waiting for that. <laughs> the waiting thing, I think, is so killer. And I, when I was younger, I used to wait all the time for other people in every conceivable context. And if you're waiting for them to behave in a certain way, it's just going to hold you back. And you're yeah. right, the, the pain, especially if you're waiting for them to suffer. What? That's horrible. That's so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Can we talk a little bit about, like, the the phrase your cheating heart that that was interesting because it implies that there's a difference between her and her heart like there's a difference in will there at least yeah yeah i i feel like there's there's two ways to interpret it either she has you know she, she has her there's there's something besides just that cheating part of her and her cheating heart is something that she has to reconcile with and eventually you know she'll have to fight with that and it'll tell on her and I'm not sure exactly what that means but I feel like it's gonna be her versus her cheating heart and hopefully she wins out after feeling really bad about her cheating heart Mm -hmm. but then the other conception is just that you know he thinks of the heart as her core being so when he says you it's not like I don't know it's not your looks or like your your lust or whatever that made this happen it's like the 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 deepest sense of you that has cheated on me Mm -hmm. and it's the exact opposite and i i don't know which interpretation was intended but i think that both could be valid and it kind of goes back to what you were saying before where you're lying to yourself maybe that part of her that cheated is a part of her and it's inescapable that's the scary thing and you can't run away from that forever if it's in yourself can someone, can anyone, like, actually just ignore it? Can people have the capacity to be fine cheating on someone? Or is there something that's always eating away at them? Like, I don't know. That's such a good question. I believe it is impossible. I think the reaction doesn't have to be as intense and overbearing as it is depicted in the song. But I think there will always be some sort of understanding or guilt even if it's minuscule or it's masked and something else a lot of times people will take that energy out on other things you know guilt is always or often represented through other behaviors so even if you're not actively thinking about oh man i feel bad about that thing so i'm gonna repent it's oh i feel bad about that thing so i'm gonna binge eat or throw myself into my work (laughs) or something like that Mm -hmm. i've seen it happen but maybe we're teenagers and it's different when you get older I think that our our teenage opinions are incredibly valid and probably the most important one that our society (laughs) needs to hear. (laughs) The most important one. Yeah, that sounds right. All right, do you want to move on to the next song? Song two. Different vinyl, not not Frankie Lane anymore. Yeah, different vinyl. This is now Percy Sledge. What an awesome name. It's such a brutal... I mean, okay, is Sledge a verb? Or is it... Like, what is a sledgehammer? Is that just a cool vibe name? I think that sledge, I don't know, I guess I, I think of it as, like, the motion that you do with a sledgehammer. But is that not, like, I don't know if I know of sledge in any other context, but it is a cool, bizarre word and perfect name. The action that a sledgehammer does. I'm going to Google it while we listen. Is it a sled? Oh, yeah. A the sledge? Go- like Google a dog sledge? A sled a sled. Oh, now I'm, like, really confused about what this word means. Okay, well, I've seen one thing that we should keep in mind, probably. Uh, what is sledge slang for? To separate oneself from a thing male quickly due to obvious psychological problems and move <laughs> on quickly for better dating prospects. What? <laughs> the Urban Dictionary sledge? That is online slang dictionary, which seems more reputable. Sledge. In some ways. Sledge. Sledge yourself from that relationship. Sledge yourself. 
I don't know. It could also just be one person that put it online. It's always <laughs> All right. Percy, separate yourself from someone who's emotionally unstable and move on to better dating prospects. nice organ that was really pretty and the bass i feel like the organ had its moments and then it would kind of disappear into the background yeah i thought it was gorgeously produced i i really loved that and i loved how prominent the bass was you don't see that very often but like you know it wasn't like the guitar like guitar came in a little bit but mainly left it to the organ and bass to carry it and i thought it worked really well yeah, all I can remember now that I'm thinking about the song is the bass, and it was kind of walking all over the place. It had some moments, and that's rare, usually. Yeah, it was really cool. And it building up to the horn. And the lyrics are, are intense and scary. Yeah, the lyrics, I definitely have some thoughts about the lyrics. I want to hear, what do you think first? My thought was it was like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing, where he wants to... He has, like ulterior motives but he doesn't even know what they are <laughs> like he doesn't fully trust himself he loves this woman presumably but then mm-hmm. he he's afraid that he might not behave in a way that he wants to so he's like instructing her on what to do if he ever goes crazy or goes astray which i guess means go to another woman and it's interesting because you think that's all his choice and it's like okay well if you don't want to do it then don't do it but this implies there's some like darker energy in him that maybe he's experienced before and he's like preparing her for that and he's like if we're gonna make it through this relationship we're gonna have to deal with some of the worst parts of myself and that's all right he but was desperate. here's the catch here's the catch it's not we're gonna deal with some of the worst parts of myself it's you're gonna deal with the right, worst parts you of do. myself <laughs> like deal with it feels like he's yeah he's distancing himself from responsibility and every stanza or every verse is 
you do this. Like, you cover me, you hide me, you stay with me, you cover me, you cover me. You know, it's, it's telling her what to do. It's putting all the responsibility on her when it's him that, like, should have the responsibility, like, true. to be true. And he keeps on saying that he loves her, but it's, it's, a, it's a little sketchy how he keeps on, you know, like, acting like it's on her to keep him faith, faithful and to find him and stop him if he starts cheating on her. That's a really good point. And literally, yes. Like, that's very uncomfortable. <laughs> and yes, it is a choice to cheat on someone, and you shouldn't do it. Like, it is that simple. And, but the reason that I went to the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing is because it reminds me of, like, he's being taken over by something. <laughs> the lyrics are so totally free of blame that it makes me feel like he's being possessed in some way. Which I don't know if that's the actual intention. Maybe it was just written in a certain way and we're looking at it from a different angle from modern times but to me it it evoked the idea of like an evil masculine presence inside of you (laughs) that that gets the better of you sometimes which definitely abdicates responsibility in a dangerous way but it might be an interesting narrative thing to explore to explore like why do people do such terrible things and do they how much control do they actually have like are we at the like mercy of the terrible feelings inside of us or our genetic <laughs> patterns or any of that stuff yeah i mean i i think that there's plenty of evidence for that because okay so that girl my love for you gets stronger every day which is a cute intro to oh temptation might be waiting down the way <laughs> so that's temptation you uh, know temptation's a thing it's not him being tempted it's temptation itself when right. i'm lost okay that's him but being lost isn't really your fault right uh-huh. Like, he's not saying when I get lost or when I lose my way. It's when I'm lost and I get led astray. Uh-huh. Someone else is leading him astray. Then uh-huh. find me, find me. So he's... Yeah, he, he doesn't want to seem responsible. And yeah, I don't I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it would be like... It, it's, a, it's a messed up thing to suggest that guys don't have control over the sexual part of their being. So if you look at the whole person, it's their fault. But right now, he's talking from the perspective of the version of him that's infatuated and in total, like, deep love with this woman. Kind of. You know, it's it's a little shaky, but that's the idea. Supposedly. Yeah, exactly. That's the idea. And that is not the part of him that's causing him to go astray. So technically, like, it shouldn't be that, like, the fault of that part of him. To, to split someone up into their parts and their emotions and pretend that that can abdicate responsibility and that can make things okay is just ridiculous. You aren't just the part of you that is in love. You aren't just the part of you that feels lust and gets tempted. You're all of you and you have to let those like emotions kind of compete and where, where the, I don't know, it gets into like what is the soul what is the heart but i'll just say as a very generic thing i think where the true self really comes into play is how it weighs those different emotions and how it lets each of those emotions come on top definitely well i guess the question is for the for the woman involved in this is it worth it to have to wait for this guy to sort all of this stuff out you know like if someone said all of this stuff to you, like the lyrics to this song, would you be like, okay, hold on, like, where is this coming from? Why are you making me sign up with all of these, like, waivers <laughs> and stuff? Like, why is this my responsibility? And I guess in a strong relationship, maybe if you've been dating for a long time and then something like this comes up, you're like, okay, I'll, I'll do my best because I feel yeah. like there's some yeah. benefit to me. But if this is at the expense of your time and the effort that you're putting in, maybe this is a dangerous relationship or a sign that he's not gonna be there for you or you're gonna have to put in too much work yeah it sounds like he's pre-excusing his cheating yeah that's what it is that's what it that's what the song really is and i don't i didn't think it was that in the beginning but like without giving it the benefit of the doubt that is explicitly what the lyrics are saying and it's a beautiful song and it you know it's very well put together and it feels very sweet it feels like everything 
he wants it to feel like, but what it is at its core is pre-excusing cheating. Man. Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, I don't like it as much. So just because the the singer in the song, or, you know, the voice of the song is not in the right, that doesn't mean that the song is is bad, necessarily. Yeah, that's fair. And it sounds pretty. And it has a good bass. And it has a good organ. Yeah. So... Yes. That part, we're down for. Yeah. Overall, I think it's a fantastic song. I think that the the character in it feels like interestingly rounded out where you only see one side of them but you get a real glimpse into another side and it, it's really well done i can never tell how much is intentional by the songwriter because i think just people were more focused on the masculine uh side back then <laughs> so these things that we might see as cryptic or weird or unhealthy might have just been the way that people uh, behaved themselves back then. It was an industry dominated by men, unfortunately, like the vast majority of industries. Yeah. And, you know, it's not not that now, but I'd, I'd like to think that we've gotten better and that a song like this wouldn't just be blindly accepted as like, oh, what a sweet love song. I gotta say, there is, there's a Springsteen song called Cover Me. And that's, I was interested in the overlap. That one's about like, it's comparing the world to like a war zone and like your significant other is like your combat uh, assistant. (laughs) And you're like in the same squadron. And it's like, give me cover fire while I'm sad. And then I'll give you cover fire while you're sad. (laughs) That's beautiful. A very different use of the word. Wait, now that we're thinking about it, we haven't even talked about what the cover me means in this song. He's when he says hide me, hide me, he's saying make sure that I don't see any other woman that I am not like more attracted to that I don't want to go chase down. Where no one else can find me. And again, it's not him finding them, it's them finding him. So yeah. he doesn't have any responsibility. Of course, that's how it works. <laughs> that is how it works, yeah. Well, I think we covered this one. Are you ready for our final song? I'm excited to round it out. Let's round it out. Uh, Here we have Time on My Hands by Larry Green and his orchestra. Thank you. 
what do you do when you have time on your hands? Oh, well, I've had a lot of it recently. <laughs> I guess listen to music, think about everything I've ever done, look through old photographs. How does it make you feel to have a lot of time on your hands? Miserable, downright miserable. But music is yeah, the, me only, too. the only cure I found. It sucks. And there's so many hours in the day. How are you supposed to fill all of that? I don't know how anybody does it. I don't know how <laughs> anybody does it. I ask everyone. I think I've asked you many times now over the years. I ask everyone, like, what do you what do you do? Like how do you spend your time? Like, what do you how do you make the hours pass and how do you not go crazy? And they I never get satisfying answers. Because they'll give me things, they'll give me like examples of what they do but when you add it up it's never enough to 24 hours a day there's still many hours of nothing in there there's nothing people are like oh i was studying that's what everyone said in high school i studied you studied that whole time you studied like what <laughs> that i was that made me so confused and angry it made me feel so alone it's like am i the only one in this like empty void of time all the time <laughs> i i don't think you are like for me time on my hand on my hands like makes me anxious and I feel like it's almost always coupled with too much time on my hands and for me you know yeah there were times like in high school where I would study but if I had a lot more time to do it then it would disappear in like meaningless stuff that I didn't really care about where it's just watching YouTube scrolling through whatever like I'm sure a lot of people spend a lot of time like scrolling through TikTok that's what they do with the time on their hands and people don't really want to say that and it's maybe in a lot of different instances and you don't realize how much time it is but uh here's here's my really good quote are you ready for my really good quote i'm really excited for this for me time on my hands slips through my fingers whoa it just disappears really... did you come up with that i i just came up with that time that on my hands like slips an ancient my proverb that's beautiful and it like it really does for me. It like I I don't know where it goes because I'm just mind numb when I have that time on my hands and I I don't get out of bed when I should. I take way too long to make myself breakfast. I slowly eat breakfast and then I'm like, well, I have nothing to do, so I guess I'll get back in bed and play some mindless game on my phone that I'm not actually having fun with and slowly time will pass and it just slips through your fingers. It, like there's, to me, it seems like there's nothing I've been able to get myself to do if I don't have to do it. I agree. It's horrifying and it's always happening. There's a great Fairport convention song called Who Knows Where the Time Goes. are so good just about the fleetingness of our time here <laughs> and then it yeah. all, and then everything happens at once and then you don't have enough time and it's like well where was all of this yeah. before where was all the stuff <laughs> to do when i had nothing to do like miserable and but so now now we come to this song right this song didn't at all capture how i feel when i have time on my hands <laughs> oh to me this song felt like a walk through a city a park on like a somewhat sunny day and it felt like seeing different like scenes and vignettes of things and like little tiny things that might feel insignificant if you're not paying attention to them i i i took it to mean that larry green has a much better relationship with time on his hands than <laughs> i do maybe larry green actually gets out of his bed and goes for a walk and appreciates little things and just soaks up the time that he has and just like appreciates existing instead of like feeling like he's not allowed to think when he has time on his hands and like to me it feels like it's very inspiring because it was a beautiful song can you imagine if every time you felt like you have time on your hands that it <laughs> felt like this song this is what it sounded like yeah larry green's got his time management down he spent a lot of time and he figured it out I, over the years, I got a better understanding of like orchestra music and like classical music, and it kind of exploded recently. 
and now it speaks to me in a way that it never did before. Now the instrumentation, it, it can tell a story that lyrics cannot. And like, obviously, like everyone says stuff like that, but it really clicked with me recently. I think even this summer, because there's such mm -hmm. a subtlety to the movements of it. Like the movements, it's like such a great word for it. The movement of yeah, the song. Like movements. that's that's literally a musical term. And it's also just a term for like how energy transfers, you know? So yeah. when I think about the song and the different moments where it builds up and then it lets go and the tension and the release and the sweeping nature of it all, like that is such a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An interesting, compelling journey. Like I feel like there was a beginning and an end to this song in a much more defined way than there are to the other songs we heard on this episode because it's got this like this adventurous quality to it even if it's adventurous in a relaxing you know like you were saying stroll in the park way it carries so much underlying emotion that i was honestly not sophisticated enough to pick up on when i was younger like when i heard <laughs> songs like this i'd be like boring where are the words where's the electric guitar and now it's like there is so much packed into that that I'm only getting a little bit of, you know, and I'm grateful. Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. And it takes you on a journey that is totally based on your experience. Right. When we talk about the lyrics of songs, which is what we do most of the time, we're, we're definitely putting our experience into it, but it's still what the, the artist is talking about. When, when creating music like this, they capture the emotional journey and nothing else. It's just like, it's that that level of it, this emotional journey, and you map everything else onto that. And it's such an abstract way to like convey something that you can, I mean, I'm, I'm saying the same thing, but since it's so abstract in its art form, you can make it mean almost anything. And if you're just thinking about your life and your problems, like too much time on my hands right like or not even too much just time on my hands like time i on my hand i feel like i've gotten so much from this song just thinking about this is someone else's perspective on time on their hands mm -hmm. and i can go for a walk the next time that i have time on my hands instead of doing nothing unless the air is unbreathable in which case i don't want to hey. get a headache so that's too bad but um and you know, guess what? Maybe this name of the song meant nothing. Maybe he just literally, like, had extra time on his hands and wrote this song. Which, again, you're doing something pretty cool with extra time on your hands, and I should do that. It's so magical. I I'm getting all emotional thinking about the role that music serves as healing and all of that stuff. This has been covered so much by everyone in the whole world. But to me, when I turn to music, there are some songs that it doesn't feel right to turn to or whatever it feels too gimmicky or something or too on the nose but for instrumental music in some of your darkest times like i never really feel like it's mocking me or it doesn't feel like dysfunctional sometimes if i play a song it's like this is dumb like i'm stupid for listening to this right now <laughs> like what am i doing but if you hear an instrumental or a lot of orchestrated music there's something distant and calming about it that no matter what is happening it feels like the right soundtrack to it because you're right you map it emotionally that you put in the work too it's not all being given to you like a lot of the more straightforward rock songs are with the lyrics you know telling you a story this is a much more abstract story i just repeated exactly what you said i just realized that. no 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 i i think that emphasizing that you're putting the work in also that's that's what makes classical music and or not even classical but just instrumental music kind of like maybe not harder to appreciate no i think harder to appreciate or at least less appreciated like i think that very few people grow up nowadays loving classical music <laughs> as much uh. as they like pop songs and, and I would bully them yeah, if they did, because that's dumb. Just kidding. That's just because it's dumb, and why are you doing that? Um, no, but it's... You have, you have to put in the work, and it's not something that we're trained to do with the pop music that we have now. You know, we, we have stories that are blatant and very shallow, one-dimensional emotional songs where it's just like we're gonna party and that's you know that's the song um 
you got to put a lot more work into listening to instrumental music and uh, it, if we're not used to putting in that work then the music is just gonna fall flat for us and when people think of instrumental music as oh I'll listen to that like when I study like that's great I listen to instrumental music when I study too but some people think that that's its only purpose. Right. It's only there so that it doesn't have lyrics. Yeah, so it doesn't distract you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know people who are just furious that that's the only thing people listen to, like, classical music and orchestras for. Because you're not appreciating the music, like, to nearly the extent that you could if you just, like, put the work in and actually listen to it. Well... Now comes to the scary part of the podcast where we have to choose two of these songs that we think are the best and one of them that we like the least and banish that one to a different side of Nils's room. We banish it to a slightly different location and we don't give it a beautiful new record sleeve and record sleeve cover that the other songs will get. So to review, we had your cheating heart, Frankie Lane, Cover Me, Percy Sledge, and Time on My Hands. Larry Green and his orchestra. What are your two picks, Riley? I enjoyed the first and third songs the most. What about you? I loved all of them. This is a hard one for me. Sometimes I feel like we get a bunch of crappy songs and then I don't feel bad about leaving one, but I feel like this time I got a lot out of all of these songs. I think that Cover Me was I was gonna say it was like the most complex but Your Cheating Heart was also really fascinating and interesting so I think it's a hard decision but I think I can I can second your one and three it's just so weird to compare the song structures of all of these because like the first two yeah pretty repetitive um and then the third one was like everywhere like all over they covered so much ground (laughs) The first one, I feel like, was pretty much the same thing over and over again. Or at least the whole song was A, B, A, B, A, B. Like, not even a C. Like, I feel like there was not even a bridge, really, or even an intro. Yeah. Just, but the the instrumental one just, it's so funny. It's it, I, I never really thought about that until right now, that there's barely a repeat in instrumental songs. And if it is, it's only some instruments that are repeating, and other ones are still going in some other direction. And that's just so much more well, stimulating. Yeah. When, when it's in, you know, when it's an orchestra, it'll develop a motif and then it'll, you know, it'll change that and bring it in different new directions and evolve in really interesting and cool ways. And that doesn't happen nearly the same way in other types of music. We have become the instrumental music elitists now. I have uh put rock music behind me i am no longer into classic rock now i like instrumental songs only beautiful i'm glad you've finally taken your full journey into pretentiousness. oh it's an honor thank you <laughs> all right thank you everyone for listening and remember keep spinning yay rock and roll's gone to such a weird thing now because um so many people analysing it and, uh, you know, especially in America, there's the most... Oh, it's a lot made of nothing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, people writing in newspapers filling up space, but, I mean, they, they're reviewing one song, taking, you know, six columns, you know, the sociological meaning, the, the religious meaning, the political meaning, and then what I personally think, and they wrap it all up, you know, I mean, it's just ludicrous for me.